There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Jenny Nelson. And I'm Mark Jeeves. And welcome to another in our series of podcasts that will attempt to cast some sort of light on the dark art of radio production. It's a reproducer. So Mark and I have been radio producers for quite a long time. We work together at Scala Radio and we've been chatting to people from across other networks to find out about how they do the job of radio production. And in this episode, we're delighted to be chatting to the exec producer of the Simon Mayo Drive show for Greatest Hits Radio, Susie Purdy. And I was just like, I'll say yes to everything and I'll just learn as much as I can and take it all in and then hopefully... It will work. <laughs> you don't know what every day is going to bring you, especially if you're doing a live daily show. You know, it might be his name on the door, but it's 100% a team effort. So we chat about her starting community radio, starting out in radio production a little later in life, not that she's at all old. Uh, she tells us what she loves about being a radio producer, what her typical day entails at Greatest Hits Radio, what her dream job is and how or whether radio will change in the future. And we started off by asking about Susie's rather unconventional route into radio. Reproducer. Reproducer. <laughs> actually fell into radio completely by accident and it wasn't that long ago it was only about six years and it was uh, a friend of mine who actually runs the pub quiz um, at my pub um, he was doing local community radio and he needed someone to read the news because uh, he wasn't a particularly very serious person um, and he was getting into trouble so he was like Susie you'd be good at this come and read the news on my radio show and I was like oh that sounds quite interesting. Um, why not? And I did it and um, it was really fun. And I was like, this is, this could be a job. How, <laughs> I was like, how do I do, how do I do more of this? Cause this is great. And yeah, that was kind of my first experience of, of kind of the radio industry, I guess. Um, I'd kind of been involved a little bit with the marketing side of student radio 
at when I was at university, mm. um, but had never really got into the production or presenting side. And um, yeah, I've always loved radio, but never actually considered it as a job until, yeah, I literally got given the opportunity and was like, this is great. How do I do this? Uh, and then I helped more um, community radio shows, uh, started producing The Breakfast Show and then found my way through local radio and up, really. And where was this? Where was the community station? Uh, it was Bristol. So Bristol, oh, okay. uh, so BCFM, so Bristol Community uh, Radio. And um, yeah, it was, I moved to Bristol uh, 10 years ago. So I'd been living in Bristol for a little while. Um, and yeah, really, really loved it. And it is such a great introduction to radio that I, I thought it was amazing. And there were so many people that had started at BCFM that were now working for the BBC or yeah. doing kind of um, commercial radio that I was like, this is great. And I was quite aware because I was slightly older than everybody else. So I realised that if I really wanted to do it, I needed to go gung-ho, full force and, and see what happened. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. One of our other guests actually talked about how uh, hospital radio used to be away, but that's kind of less of an influence. And community radio, of course, seems to have replaced that, which is really, really great stuff. Um, but as you say, you don't tend to earn much money at community radio. So what was your what was your big professional break? I guess I started doing some broadcast assistant work at um, Radio Bristol. And that was occasionally um, was a Sunday morning show. And then I did a little bit of producer work, still freelance. Um, and then I made a connection of someone who worked at Radio 2 and they needed someone to answer the phones on Simon Mayo's or Request Friday. Uh -huh. um, so I jumped at the chance and... Uh, took the bus, took the mega bus up to London from Bristol, uh -huh. um, which cost more than I was being paid for the two hours to answer the phones. Um, Welcome yes. to radio, everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, started um, literally answering the phones um, of people phoning in to get their song on the radio. And that was my first kind of foot in the door, um, really. Um, and I kept it there. <laughs> I was going to say, what was your trajectory from there? Because uh, that, that's, I mean, that's that's quite a that's quite a big step in one go, isn't it? But it, it, clearly, you made the most of it. Yeah. So that was, um, I think, 2017, um, and I think again, I, I would say maybe my age slightly helped me really is because a lot of the other people answering the phones were a little bit younger and were kind of just come from university um whereas I had a bit more life experience I guess um so when they were looking for some people to shadow um and potentially fill in on a freelance basis I jumped at the chance and was like right I've just got to prove that I can do this and and I learned how to edit myself I was you know sat on Adobe Audition at home being like right I need to work this out how do I do it and I'm quite I like to be quite techy and I like to test myself so I was you know willing to give it a go and I was just like I'll say yes to everything and I'll just learn as much as I can and take it all in and then hopefully it will work <laughs> and I was lucky and I think a lot of it is you know it's hard work and luck um I would say is 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 getting anywhere because I was lucky in that there was an assistant producer um on the Simon Mayer drive time show who was covering um, maternity leave and he got a job at Radio 1 and they needed someone to fill in the end of the maternity leave so it was only about three months and then there was a three-month contract that came up and I went for it and I got it um, which was amazing and I absolutely loved it and then within I think about six months of doing that I was producing it which was slightly terrifying 
but great. Um, and again, it was just so happened that the producer was got married and was on. Uh, he was going on his honeymoon um, for three weeks, so they needed someone to fill in. And I also think part of this is the relationship that you build with your presenter mm. is that they were looking for another producer to fill in. Um, and Simon was like, well, why can't Susie do it? Yeah. And that's how I ended up in my first producer seat. And that's, I mean, that's great. All, all of us, Jenny, uh, I and yourself, we've all produced Simon's show in one guise or another. And he is one of the good guys, but that's quite meteoric. Did you ever get to a point where you go, how did I get here? Every day, <laughs> still now. <laughs> yeah, and I think it isn't, I, I had friends that, you know, had been in the BBC for a while and they said to me, I can't believe a year ago you weren't even working here and now you're producing, you know, obviously you were assistant producer, but you're stepping up and, and producing. And they were like, how did that happen? And I was like, I've, I've literally no idea. I was like, one day someone's going to realise that I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> And be like, off you go. But yeah, I just think, yeah, I, I don't really know. But I think it was, I spent quite a lot of my time and, and my youth and not really knowing what I wanted to do and kind of trying different jobs and, and not really feeling like that was for me. And I think when I found radio, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I was like, right, I need to give this absolutely everything. Yeah. And you know, if I want to be a producer, if that's my goal, I need to try and get there as quickly as possible because I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> and now you've followed Simon. You are very young, by the way, just for the sake of <laughs> uh, And uh, now you've followed Simon to Greatest Hits Radio and you produce his uh, drive time show there. Um, your passion is fantastic to hear. What do you, what do you, what do you talk about? You love radio. What do you love about it? Can you put your finger on it? I think it's a mixture of things, really. I think... You, the fact that you get to be so creative day in, day out, I think is an amazing thing to be in because it's not just, you're not just sitting at a desk and doing a desk job. You don't know what every day is going to bring you, especially if you're doing a live daily show, because that really is, it's like a roller coaster. You just don't know if what you plan is going to happen or if anything that happens during that show is going to change how you do the rest of the show and it is like sitting on the edge of your seat for that whole you know three hours and you can't get that in anything else um and I think that excitement like it's never boring and that I think is so amazing and it's so fun and don't get me wrong it's really hard and really stressful at the same time but I don't think you can get that anywhere else and I also just love the fact that it's you're like a really great team and it's not just the show team because that is also amazing but it's like the listeners as well you just feel like a really big gang and that is really special and again I don't think you get that in any other profession yeah I mean Susie it's, it's brilliant to have you on for so many reasons but I love the fact that because a lot of the people we've spoken to have have had the trajectory slightly more I suppose typical in the sense of they've grown up you know recording radio and recording the chart on their tape and they knew they wanted to work in radio and they were always fascinated by radio and the fact that you admit you know that it took you were a little bit old you know you'd had a bit more life experience before coming to radio and then finding the passion um like this bit in the podcast we normally ask about mentors and influences so I mean, six, six, seven years is still you know, a very substantial amount of time, especially considering your your 
super quick trajectory. So who have been the people, either presenters, programming or other members of radio stations who you would really kind of say, you know, they've helped shape my career. They've they've been the ones to mentor me. Pat Hart, who is the um, kind of station manager of BCFM, um, he was like the first person that said to me, you know, you can do this. You're actually really good at this. And it's not too late for you to do it. If this is what you want to do, you can. Because I was like, oh, maybe it'll just be a nice hobby and I'll just keep doing the community show. And we used to do a Bristol music show and it got turned into a, a telly show for like local telly. And I was like, well, maybe it'll just be that a bit of fun and that'll be it. It'll be every Monday. I'll do that. And he was like, no, you can make this a job. And that is, and I'm forever grateful for him and then I guess Bruce who um, was the person that actually suggested it in the first place I wouldn't be doing what I was doing now if he hadn't have said come and read the news on my on my community radio show and then I guess more recently probably um, my editor Philippa at Radio 2 is so amazing because she was such she's you know again she's a woman which I think is an important thing um, for me because there are women in radio, but not loads of us. And I think to see a really strong woman having an amazing position and kind of Lorna Clark, who was the editor before Philippa, it's just really nice to see those people in those roles. And the fact that they, again, believe in you and think, because when I applied for the 500 words job, I was like, I'm not really sure if this is something I could do because it seems quite it's quite a big task. And obviously it was Chris Evans's baby and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure if I can take that on. And it is kind of giving you that kind of thing of you can do this. And this is something that, you know, you're, you're actually good at, you know, you can do it. And I think it's that having that self-doubt and they can, you know, obviously help that. And then I guess Simon for me has been a massive part of my career um, because he is just such a lovely person. And again, he believes in you and he gave me that chance to produce and he could have just accepted any other producer that, you know, could stand in for that cover. And he didn't, he said I could do it. Even when I was sitting there thinking, I don't know, I'm not if I'm going to get through these two hours, I just sit here and you're just like, right, just smile and everything will be fine. But it's that trust that I think that they have um, that you can build with your presenter. And I think that is such a lovely thing to have. Um, and yeah, and even when you, you know, we were doing greatest hits and it's like, he really cares about what I think of things and my opinion. And we are 100% a team. And I think that really makes a difference to how you feel about what you can do and you know that your thoughts and opinions are valid and you know it might be his name on the door but it's 100% a team effort and I think that's a really special thing. Yeah you're right and he he I mean I think he just has a really wonderful instinct about what makes good radio but as you say about good people and you know a good team and he's very loyal to those and you know he's he really he rightly trusts his instincts. But, you know, he also appreciates how important a, pr a producer is for the show, partly because of the amount of time you spend together <laughs> in a studio. But yeah. he, he really kind of flies the flag for producers in his own way, I think, because of, of you know, 
saying, for example, that he wanted you as opposed to someone who'd maybe had more like hours yeah. of that title. He knew you could do it. And and I mean, I'm, we're going to talk a little later about what the role of a producer entails, because I think it is such an interesting one. But just sticking with kind of influences and, you know, looking back, is there any advice that you would give your younger self when it comes to getting into radio? Well, for me, I think radio was always in the background. So my uh, my nanny used to listen to Radio 4 literally every day, 24 hours a day. And you could hear it as so as she got deafer, um, as she got older, her, she turned the volume up of the radio that was literally next to her bed. Um, so you could hear it loud and clear in the next room <laughs> when I used to stay over at my nana's. And that was there. And I always used to fall asleep to Radio 4 on the shipping forecast. Didn't even know what it what it was, but I was aware of it. And then, yeah, I used to listen to the charts and, you know, I was joking with a friend the other day of like the late night love zone. It's like, we used to listen to that as like teenagers and laugh about all of the, you know, all of the love stories that were on there. And I think it's been around me, but I never, and I don't know whether it's whether I believed that I could do it or whether I even realized that it was, it was a job. Um, But I wish I'd have grabbed on it sooner, but then, yeah, maybe, maybe it just wasn't meant to be that way. Maybe it was, it was meant to happen this way, but I think believing in yourself is a, is a big thing that I would say to my younger self and, and to anyone out there is that, you know, if you really want it, you've got to just believe that you can do it and give it a damn good go. Reproducer. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jenny alluded to this. This is the the tricky question of the the chat. And then after this, it's all plain sailing. You, you, You have to now define what the role of a producer is. So in your opinion, what is a producer? What is a radio producer? You know what? So many people ask me when I say, oh, what do you do? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm a radio producer. And they say that exact question. What does a producer actually do? And my general answer to that is everything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely everything. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is, you know, that you, you, you kind of build the show so you know you're 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 kind of making sure it looks how it should on the playout system you're writing scripts you're you know writing notes you're building it you're editing things little features you know all of that stuff is you're putting the building blocks together but it's also a lot more than that and I always think that it's giving the presenter everything they need 
to make a great show and whether that is the physicality of making sure the playout system looks great or making sure they've got all of their notes in front of them that they need but it's also being enthusiastic and being smiley and making sure that they're happy you know I, I still get Simon a cup of tea, uh, you know, before the show, because sometimes he likes, because I'm not just doing it to get him a cup of tea. I'll get myself one at the same time. Like it's not, um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with getting, you know, your presenter a cup of tea before the show, because if that makes them a bit happier, then that's great. And that's what you want. And you want them to be as calm and as happy so that that comes across when they open that microphone. And I think that is a mixture of things, whether it's just, the nuts and bolts of putting it together or whether it is the kind of personality and the, you know, the mood that you can set when you get into the studio. And it's hard to put, you know, a title on exactly what that is. And I think it's a, it's a bit of a, a feeling as well. And it's, you know, making sure that the whole team is happy. So it's not just your presenter, but, if you've got an assistant producer, how are they doing? Have they got everything they need? Are they happy? How are they going to contribute to the show? And it's putting all of those, it's like a puzzle piece and it's making sure that all those pieces are together. And also, you know, you've got to be good at keeping to time. There's those practical things that you can't get around. You have to do them. I was hated maths at school and I never thought I'd ever use it ever again when I left. <laughs> and now back timing is one of the most important things I do every day. And if you'd have told my 16 year old self that, that I would be doing that, I would have laughed in your face, but it is important. And again, I hated doing it and I always thought I'd get it wrong. And sometimes you do get it wrong, but Again, if you and your presenter have a good relationship and they're a pro, it's not the end of the world. You can fix it. And I think it's also having that attitude of whatever gets thrown at you, we've got this. We can do this. We can get to the end of the show, whatever happens. Because this is such a big show and because uh, Simon, Simon will listen to this, so we don't want to make him feel too big-headed <laughs> about this, but, but because it's such a big show, um, it would be useful, I think, for anyone listening who is thinking about getting into radio. Could you talk us through a typical day then? So what, when does your day start and, and what are the, your functions that you're actually doing? Yeah. So typically my day should start at 11. Um, I often log on to my computer before then just to see what's going on. But you're generally, we we write a, a separate running order. So obviously we've got the, the play out system and we have kind of the music from the log, but we write our own running order. So essentially, and to be honest, you've normally done that the day before um, and sent it home with Simon that night so that he's got time to read it. But when you first get in, you're making sure the running order is done, that everything's sorted, um, that any of the music features Simon's happy with, um, we've got them in the log. Everything's where it should be. So have we got all of the confessions sorted for the week? Um, obviously, we've got a separate inbox for that feature. So it's going through that to see if any new ones have come in, reading them to see if there's any good ones uh, to send over to consider for next week. Um, then you're looking at kind of the actual physical running order in the playout system. So is that does that look like the paper running order that you've got in front of you putting any 
of the kind of uh, production in. So if we've got a big 45 or an album of the week, has it got the stabs in front of it? Just making sure that looks how it should look. And then it's writing any any reads. So, uh, you know, have we got, um, you know, what, what have we got to talk about? Um, Jackie Brambles is on after us. So it's who's Jackie's guest after eight o'clock? Have we got that information? Is there anything else happening on the network today that we need to be aware of? Um, has Simon got anything else that he needs to have in front of him? Um, do we know what Nigel's cooking on Thursday? Have we sorted out what, what, what Nigel's doing? Um, so it's kind of a little bit of those. Um, have we done the, the edited, the recap? So we have a feature called the Drive Time Drama, which is where we act out a song title um, and listeners try and guess it. So we do a little recap of what happened yesterday. Um, so is that edited? Is that ready to go? making sure that that's kind of snappy and you know it does what it says on the tin isn't too long isn't too short if we've got a drive time drama that's running have we got a backup one in case it goes today so then you might spend some time trying to come up with some new drive time dramas and then um simon normally gets in about half past two two half past two um so you'd want everything pretty much for today's show kind of done by then then you're printing everything off and talking it through with Simon. We might be sorting out music features. So again, we have an album of the week um, and Simon has big 45s and we have Tuesdays. Um, so we'd be looking at, have we got those for the kind of, have the music team got them for the week ahead? So then you might be going through and obviously people suggest Tuesdays to us. So we will then go through together all the list of the songs that people have suggested and see what we think would be suitable for future Tuesdays. Um, picking album of the weeks. So going through kind of all the albums that came out in a particular year um, or over the years in a particular month, which are the best ones that we could use. Um, so, and then it's whittling it down. So there might be loads that are really great. And then it's like, if we've only got four weeks, we can only pick four. So then it's kind of, we'll, we'll think on it for a day and then come back and work out kind of, Obviously, we want to span the decades, get some from the 70s, 80s and 90s. And then also I, I like to think about kind of male and female representation as well. And then we're also obviously looking at the songs as well. So which albums have the best songs that we can play? So that can take a little while. And then it's thinking ahead as well. So I'm already thinking now about what we're going to do at Christmas. So if I've got a spare moment, it will be thinking how we can change the show for Christmas? Is there anything particularly special that we want to do? Is there any guests that we want to get in? I'm constantly talking with the events team about what guests they've got, which ones do we want? And if we have got them, then writing notes on those guests so that Simon's got all the information he needs. And then, yeah, thinking of, yeah, and then any spare time, just thinking, what, what else can we do? And then, yeah, we'd probably have everything sorted by about half past three and then we might do some quick records so if we need to record another drive time drama we'll do that before the show often involves quite a few takes because we'll probably end up laughing because they're <laughs> um absolutely silly and ridiculous and then yeah we'll kind of hit the road ready for four and go right through till seven um, and then that is just a case of keeping the show to time, making sure that everything is happening where it should be, making sure that we've got some listener interaction that's coming in, that Simon's got it, 
making sure we've got enough time for the confession. That's always the hardest because you never really know how long it's going to be. Um, so I've always got quite a few songs for the last song of that hour, just in case I need to cut it short. That's where your back timing comes in. And that's always really fun because it's generally when I'm having to read out my verdict on the confession that I'm then working out actually what song do we need for the end of it? So you can probably tell if you listen to the show, if my um, verdict is really short, it's because we're running out of time. Um, but then, then Matt usually goes on for ages, so it completely negates that fact anyway. Um, <laughs> Don't you um, love it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it's just kind of, yeah, making sure that everything's ready for tomorrow's show. So then you'll be printing the running order for tomorrow, making sure Simon's got that, any, any other notes he needs to take home. And then, yeah, doing it all again. <laughs> You've mentioned a few times about women producers or women in management in radio stations and how, you know, it's it's getting better, but it does, it is still a bit of a, a boys club, a bit of a white boys club. Um, what can radio stations do to attract a diverse, when it comes to getting in new producers, new talent, what should radio stations be doing to, to get the best talent from, from all backgrounds? I think it's a tricky one. And I think it's, you need to make opportunities to get people in. Um, and like the Kickstarter is a, is a great example of that. I really think, and I guess maybe it's because how I started, but the phone ops that we had on the Drive Time Show and the All Request Show, and we have now, I've been working really hard to make that an opportunity for young people to come in who might be interested in radio that can come and have a go and answer the phones and see the show and work out, you know, what it's all about. And I think it's creating those opportunities just to get people in the door. And I don't know what those opportunities are, whether it is just a you know, come and be a, a producer for a day or come and see what happens behind the microphone. And whether it's something, I don't know, like with the Radio Academy that could do, you know, really well as just getting those people into the, the big hitters and across BBC and commercial radio and be like, this is what is here and just have a, just have a go. And I think it's those things because again, it's, it's, seeing other people like you do it makes you realize that you can do it and it could be you and it, it's also getting people you know on air as well because again if you hear someone who's a woman or someone that grew up where you grew up then that is like well if they can do it then I can do it and I think it's kind of capturing those moments and just creating that I think, and again, I, I'm, it's not an easy thing. And I think it's something we're getting better at. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it also makes it better for the whole team and the whole network and the whole, you know, company is that the more diverse your workforce is, the more different ideas you'll get. And, you know, not everyone will think the same as you. And that's a good thing. And you could come across like the, you know, the best idea in the world just from 10 people being in a room who wouldn't normally have a conversation. 
And I think that is things we've got to get towards. Um, yeah. And I don't really know how, but I think it's being more creative about it and maybe, yeah, doing some more kind of work experience and getting those people in the door. And I think Bauer's really great for that because there's so many different places you can work within Bauer. So it's not just greater tits or it's not just Scala. It, you know, there's kiss and there's absolute, and it's, it's so varied that you can move between them and meet different people. And, but yeah, I guess it's how we all work together to utilize what we have is the question. I think we're getting there. Yeah. And I don't have the answer. That's why I'm a producer and not in management. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, as a producer, with uh, where radio is at the moment, do you, how do you see it evolving? Do you think it will change much? And if so, how? I think you'll get some more varied like audio. So we've got podcasts and, and people listen to radio differently now. So maybe it's you're listening on your smart speaker rather than actually having a physical radio or maybe you won't listen in the car as much as you used to because you're not commuting now so I think the nature of people listening to radio will change but I think radio will always be there I just think it's a medium that will last forever I just think you can't you know you can have Spotify and you can have playlists but you can't create that community that you create with live radio or just radio that's not there with a curated music playlist on an app you don't get that human side of it which is what you get from listening to a show with a presenter and a team behind it and that i think is what a lot of people get from radio is that companionship mm. and whether it's feeling part of a team or whether it's just so that you don't feel as lonely and you've got some company. Um, Cause that's definitely what my Nana did. Like the, with the radio, it was after my tide died, uh, which is granddad in Welsh, sorry, um, Welsh. So, um, and she definitely had that radio on next to her bed for companionship. And I still think that's just as important now as it was, you know, 30 years ago. And I don't think that will change in the next five 10 or 20 years. I think that need for companionship and company and feeling part of a team will be there. And I don't think radio will be able to, that, you know, no one can do that as well as radio can. I'm curious to know your answer to this one. because I, <laughs> I, I kind of have a hunch what it's going to be, but do you have a dream job or are you currently doing your dream job? <laughs> um, no, I think I'm doing it. <laughs> A hundred percent think I'm doing it. And I never, ever thought I would. And, and, and I just love it. Like to get to go to work every day and love what you do. Not many people can say that. And I'm very, very thankful that I can. And, you know, things might change. I might change shows. I, you know, I, if Simon's listening, it's not, I, I'm not, <laughs> that's not plan. <laughs> but, you know, you never know what is in your future but I definitely cut. I, I love what I do now and I love radio and I think that I will forever be involved in it in some form. Are there any, and again, don't worry about this, Mr. Mayo. Um, it's just a <laughs> hypothetical question to Susie. Um, 
Are there any other like presenters or networks or podcasts that you love and you personally think, gosh, I'd love to just you know, work with them one day or work on that show one day? Do you know what? I don't think there is. I have been really lucky in that I have, like I absolutely love Keris Matthews on Six Music. And when Jarvis did a show on Six Music, I really loved his show. I worked on both of those. I worked with Chris Evans. I've worked with Zoe Ball. I worked with Joe Wiley, who I listened to growing up um, and absolutely loved her music show and Steve Lamack. And these are amazing people and amazing broadcasters. And I've been lucky enough to, and sometimes it might've only been one show, but I've been lucky enough to work on all of them and Simon. And I'm still, you know, still here with Simon, I think. I really enjoy Huey Morgan's show on Six Music on Saturday afternoons, but I love it for what it is. And it's not necessarily like, I love it for a piece of radio, but I don't want, like, I'm not desperate to work on it. I just enjoy it for what it is. And I think, yeah, I think when I first started in radio, you'd be like, oh yeah, really love to work with like Chris Evans. Chris Evans is amazing. Simon Mayo is amazing. All of these people. And, and yeah, I got, I got to do it. So I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful that I had the chance to, um, I guess Greg James is, is pretty cool on Radio 1, but I think I'm too old for Radio 1 now. So I <laughs> don't think that'll happen. <laughs> You're not the first one we spoke to to say that, but, um, no. but no, that's a great, that's a great place to end as well. Susie, thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us. Pleasure. Reproducer. It was great talking to Susie, as you and I have uh, both been lucky enough to produce Simon Mayo's shows, and uh, to hear her take on it as well was really interesting. Um, there was one aspect of it that stuck out, and it's, it's come out actually from a few of the interviews that we've, we've done on this series, is about um, you have to be prepared to not know what the day is going to bring you. Mm-hmm. And I know, I, I know some people in my circle of friends who, for whom that would be a nightmare job. Mm-hmm. But for us, actually, that's the thing that drives us on, keeps us going. You don't know what the next day is going to bring. And that's, uh, that message keeps coming back from our, uh, our chats with producers. And I thought Susie talked about it very eloquently. Yes, and the preparation that goes into every day, even though you don't know exactly how it's going to pan out. So you it's might like have you need to put to, that prep in the bin. Yeah, you kind of need to be doubly prepared, but also doubly willing to throw it all, rip it up and start again, yeah. um, which is, yeah, I can see that. Some people would find frustrating, but... They're generally accountants, I find. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of accountants. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, this edition of Reproducer. And if you did, there's a whole bunch more to enjoy wherever you get your podcasts from. We've talked to people like Mark Lockett from Absolute Radio, Karen Pearson from Folded Wing Productions, and Hussein Husseini from Times Radio. And the easiest way to get new episodes is to follow the podcast. But in the meantime, from Jenny and me, it's goodbye. Reproducer. Reproducer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.